Welcome to Craft Advice, a podcast to help investors tackle the more complex area of their personal and business finances. Join Jack and Sean as we discuss everything from investing to retirement and everything in between. I don't even know what you... I need to read on their website like what the hell it actually is, but... What, Shiva? We'll get into that in a second. Fucking joke is Welcome back, everyone. Craft Advice here again. This is a taproom episode, so we're just going to hit a whole bunch of different topics, things going on in the world, news, Sean's favorite dog, coin, and all sorts of things. Shiba! But, as always, Sean, before we get into your Shiba... What are you drinking? Oh my god, you got elbow pads on the shirt. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking leather. Is that elbow your grandfather's I'm drinking, shirt? I'm drinking class. I'm drinking class. You, you, you hooligan. Is that like over here sipping fine wine? Uh, no, this is Karate in the Garage from my favorite local brewery, Southern Swells. You may have heard of them. They're like lumberjack passion. Uh, is that, what, is that what you're doing? That it's. That's right. See, you're in Tampa, so you don't really get the full. Yeah, seasons. what are woods? I'm in uh, Jacksonville. I don't know what woods are. I'm in Jacksonville. We're we're a more refined people, and we uh, <laughs> we uh, get to experience some seasonal changes. We're all railroad so because of that. I get to wear itchy shirts that have leather. Uh, you look like packs. a descendant of a railroad like worker <laughs> from like the 1600s. <laughs> I, I feel like I work on like the. Uh, I'm, I'm like a gravel. You've been hammering. No, you've been like hammering those stakes in a yeah. railroad for 100%. months. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, protect yourself in this episode with those elbow pads if you need them. But oh, this thing is just ultra thick protection. I'm bringing great. America back. What do you got there? We got more <clears throat> divine brewing. I'll have that IPA. There you go. Got America written all over it. And speaking of America, let's talk about Made in America. Well, kind of. Oh, there we go. Start with the cheers, though. By the way, of course. Cheers. Well, I've got to open it before I cheers Jack. Well, if that is your real name, yeah. actually, it's John, but it's technically who's technically John. Anyways, we're going to start though with a follow up on our Friday flight from last week. Big news is Tesla stock popped. Elon Musk got super rich. We wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk over the business of Tesla because I think a lot of people compare it, and we've all been looking at it wrong for decades, saying. It's a car company, but there's a lot more going on with Tesla and why it's a trillion-dollar company, and it's not the fact that they sell cars because I believe they sell a fraction, a very, very small fraction of the cars, General Mill or uh, General Mill. Oh, or, yeah, total as far as, yeah, no, yeah it's, it's a much It's like six-figure six cars versus seven- or eight-figure cars. Well, they're, yeah, yeah. But would they would they would they push out last quarter like two hundred forty one thousand or something? So I think they're I mean they're eventually going to get to their you know where they could scale up to you know one two three. Well, Hertz is going to throw them up a little I mean, bit if they can keep up yeah, with there that. You go. But the big thing everything needs to realize is yes, Tesla sells cars, but their big money maker and the reason this is so valuable is the data that they have from their self driving. So if you think about it, every Tesla car talks to itself. It does over-the-air updates. So if your car is in your garage, Tesla can send an update to it to fix an issue before you have to go down to see the mechanic guy and have him plug it in and steal your money. But they've also been doing the self-driving for 
at least one of the oldest companies doing the self-driving. So their data set with how many cars, how many miles, how many turns, how yep. many accidents, they have so much more data than any of their rivals. So the price of the stock is not based on how many cars they sell. It's kind of forward-looking based on how quickly they can take all of the data they have and then start to add different avenues to this. So what are your thoughts on that big-ass valuation they got, Sean? Yeah, no, I mean, I would definitely add to that, um, echo those sentiments that it's absolutely not about the volume of vehicles that they're being, you know, that are selling because just looking at GM, so I pulled up GM's annual, like, um, total car output. So total cars sold worldwide. Vehicles sold in 2018 was eight point, just under 8.4 million, uh, 19, 7.72 million. And then obviously COVID year. Uh, they were down 6.83 million, but let's just say ballpark it. And then also 2017, 9.6 million. So um, looks like they've actually kind of been on a steady decline here. But uh, that being said, you know, kind of somewhere in the seven to eight million range is looks like a typical year for GM uh, right now in this economy, at least. Whereas if you look at Tesla, 2018, they produced 250,000, 254. 19 was 365, 2020. 509, and then so far through two quarters this year, they're at 387, uh, just under 387, um, and rising. So last quarter, um, again, everything's speeding up, obviously, with their trajectory. So they're going to start continuously producing more and more cars. But, again, to your point, it's about the data. It's about all the other externalities that they have within the company, not just the actual high-margin vehicles, which they make a ton on, similar to Apple and the iPhone. Um but again, yeah, it's all the data. I think another big thing, and a lot of people keep forgetting this, is the uh, and they teased it on a uh, on a call on a conference call maybe a year ago. Uh, that data that they'll be eventually either selling to or partnering with some type of auto insurance. Yeah, I think they're going to offer, or I believe it's they're they're going to offer their yeah. own. That was what they yeah. teased. They're going to be offering their own insurance, and so I mean, imagine having the ability to like perfectly price out the risk because we know how many left turns you take, how many right turns you take, what's your average. They've got those things tracked to the nth degree. I mean, it's like living in China or something, um, but they, uh, they know everything what you're yeah. doing. The other part of this too, is they bought Elon Musk cousins were running a solar company and they he acquired that company from them. So they're oh, yeah. trying to get That's the right. panels. They're trying to basically take all the home and power it with the sun. I've heard some horrible like horror stories of people getting these installed in their house and they're not really up to par yet. Some of the, the solar roof stuff Got it. looks really cool. You can see that. But yeah, you, I mean, the design, I mean, the, the, the visual design, I mean, it is, it is the prettiest looking solar roof you've ever seen. I think it's the only solar roof I've ever seen. <laughs> well, no, you've seen other, I mean, well, I guess solar roof. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Solar panels, panels. You're right. You're right. And they sell so both. these just, just for the people who are not fully aware of what we're talking about. Um, so Tesla does have a, an offshoot, you know, company within the umbrella that provides roofing panels, solar roofing panels, traditional solar roofing panels, but then they also have solar roofing shingles and you can get different styles. There's like a, you know, a Spanish tile, there's three tab, there's uh, slate roofs. So there's a lot of different, traditional roofing patterns that you can get and finishes that look like a really nice high-end roof, but every single one of those are individual solar panels that can be replaced individually. Um, 
and I want to say there's like a 50 year warranty or something pretty, pretty crazy on them. But yeah, the point is, is there's a lot of different ways they're, they're making money. Um, it's roofing. It's the, you know, obviously it's the cars, it's roofing. It's those, uh, what are those, those stations, right? Those solar stations that they want to have in everybody's garage. Cause you're, you're talking about the same presentation that we looked at years ago. And it was basically, they want to be able to power everything, yep. right? So your car, your home. They want it, they want you to be able to send power back to the grid. All of that's being done through Tesla. Yeah. And then also you can hop on your uh, your speed bullet underground and zip over to Vegas in two and a half there hours. You go. There's all sorts of stuff going on. But that, that was the big thing following up. The stock price has exploded and people keep saying it's an overvalued car company. The main thing is it's not a car company. And this is a good lesson, I think, for other businesses out there. Technology. There's company. a lot of other stuff going on. And especially as technology changes and you start to see the world, who knows if it's changing for the better, but, you know, a lot of these companies that are at the forefront of technology are going to be some yeah. of the ones that are some of the best investments. Speaking but that self-driving technology is, I mean, that's absolutely something like you said, they're at the forefront and have the best technology there. And it's eventually going to get to the point where everybody's going to throw their hands up instead of wasting time and money. They're just going to lease it all for yep. them. And speaking of innovative technology, we, we, we can't go any further than talking about what the hell is going on with Shiba Inu, the dog cryptos. John, I'm leaning on you, the crypto king. The doge, the doge killer, the doge killer. You know what I've been even, Yeah, man, this thing's... They should have made a cat, go ahead. They made go a cat ahead. coin to try to fight the dog coin, and then we would have had this big <laughs> rivalry between felines and... <laughs> dogs but this thing is crazy i didn't even know this thing existed until a couple of weeks ago and my lord it, it keeps climbing and climbing and climbing so it's funny a, a, a good friend of mine brought this up to me like a year ago and as a joke and he was like oh you know because you know doge was exploding um and he's just like oh this is you know this is going to be the doge killer and he was joking when he said that he and he put like i don't know 300 bucks in or something stupid, something very, very insignificant. And, um, and now that 300 is like eight or $9,000, which, you know, again, that just shows you how ridiculous this thing is. Um, again, it started as a joke and it's also, it, it has, so Elon, tying Elon into this as well, he's fanned the flames to this thing, uh, and is part of why it's exploding, but there's a famous meme getting tossed around the internet right now. I don't know if it's true or not. I believe it's true, uh, but there is a there's a wallet that owned or purchased, I should say, eight thousand dollars worth of uh, Shiba back in uh, August of last year. Give me a guess on what you think that eight thousand dollars is worth. Um, a million. Keep going. Ten. A little more. Fifty. I'll give you one more try, Jack, and this is it. hundred million. You get one more. Yeah, those are all cute numbers. Uh, but this individual has uh, flipped that $8,000 into $5.7 billion. My Lord. What? 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 That is like, that may be the greatest trade of all time, assuming this person sells and doesn't get assassinated. Do we know if the wallet still holds? I mean, this is, it, I'll send you the, uh, I mean, this thing's floating everywhere. What is this thing? That is the biggest question I have. What, what is <laughs> it's, it? It's not, I mean, 
it's just a, it's a token, man. It is a social, it's essentially a social token, right? I mean, it's any of these things, it's the power of the network, right? I mean, you get enough people that are excited about any token. They all start buying it. They all drive up demand. And there's only so many of these things minted at originally that it just, it skyrockets. I mean, the biggest risk is that obviously whoever's, you know, making these can come out there and depending on the consensus of the, you know, protocol and, and, and the coin thing? and the token itself. What's that? I said, can someone even sell 5.7 billion worth of this thing? I would imagine so. Um, maybe not all at once. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I was, what do you mean? Yeah, somebody's going to buy it. There's, there's a lot, there's an insane amount of demand for Shiba right now. So I don't think they'd have too much, uh, difficulty. I mean, it was up 70% yesterday. It was up 50% the day before. I mean, it's, this thing is incredible. So it's a, up, I think it was up 700%. A uh, psychopath has to through, yeah, through two days ago. You have to be a psychopath to put in 8,000. And then when it gets that, I a hundred percent agree when with. it's 80,000, you're not like, Oh, I should stop. But it's 800,000. You know what? I should probably stop. psychopath. It's 8 million. Psychopath. Keep letting it go. 80 million. Eh, YOLO. 800. But I, I will say the, the only thing that like keeps me from saying this person is a true psychopath. Um, even though they really are, but is that I think it happened so fast that they were just numb. I, I mean, that's the only thing that I can imagine. That's like, it's like you put eight grand in, in there and then 10 days later, that eight grand is 80. Another, you know, two months later, that 80 is, you know, 2.5 million. And you're just like, Oh my God, what? And you're just like, this is an $8,000. You just want to see where this thing's going to yeah. go. And it's just like continued to spiral. And every few months or so, it seems like Elon comes along. He tickles it a little bit. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I love Sheba. And he'll throw out a little Sheba like uh, tweet. What if he's a trillionaire? He jabs the communities. That's what I'm saying. He jabs the communities all the time. I mean, he does it with Bitcoin. He does it with uh, Doge. He does it with Sheba. It cracks me up. And as soon as he does it, whatever he touches or tickles, it just explodes. I am. You know, I heard. I heard a good thing on a podcast that was talking about. Yes, there's inflation in the world. All costs are rising. And the, the, the guy on the podcast goes, you know, we, the millennials might be saving us. They're burning all that money in the metaverse, just buying dumb shit like dog coins and pictures of board apes. <laughs> like, it kind of makes sense. They're, they're going to save us yeah. all. Thank God. Yeah. How, do we, how do we get rid of all this money so fast? Well, we buy We make a $35 billion Dogecoin, and then we make a rival dog, and we get the same price, but... My Lord. Yeah. I mean, no, it's incredible. And uh, so the other thing I, I forgot to bring this up, but yeah, last year around this time, around the fall, um, I believe it was uh, Vitalik, the, uh, one of the, uh, you know, the Ethereum, Ethereum founder. founders. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he donated, so he buys up a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Shiba and donates it to the COVID relief fund. Like a glo I think it was India. India's COVID, COVID relief fund. Relief fund. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it was India's COVID relief fund donates it to him, um, and it was a billion dollars at that time. So I can't even imagine what that thing is worth today. That was like I don't know a year ago. Well, you can search their wallet. I'll see. Yeah, I guess that's true. We could we could figure that out. But it at so far. So here's 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 the growth rate so far as of yesterday, or maybe no, hold on. This is as of today. Shiba Inu is up one hundred and thirty-seven thousand seven. I'm sorry. One hundred thirty-seven million 
Who knows? Since the initial release last August. So the the wallet he transferred it to had zero dollars in it right now. So who knows? Okay. Who knows? They, they, they probably did the less psychopathic thing and sold when they were supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Which is much sooner. That's nuts. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Stuff. All right. So there's Sheba. Uh, again, yeah, she was just, there's nothing like innovative about it. There's not like, they're not solving any problems that are that exist right now within the crypto space uh as far as like inner functionality between tokens or like wait, the, the wait. entire they ahead. still have 3.4 billion dollars worth of it <laughs> <laughs> good for them they didn't spend it all on uh on pfizer drugs <laughs> today's episode is actually sponsored by pfizer so uh <laughs> but um no, yeah, I mean that she was incredible. I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it's so flat fabric. It's just, what is it? Fabric. Flabbergasting. Fabber. Flabbergasting. There is an L in there. Sometimes they are. English language. Right. Go to a, go to another company changing some words around. All right. So similar topic. We're going to stay in the metaverse, semi metaverse. Facebook um, has decided to rebrand. I think Facebook just realizes everybody hates them. And so they're like, you know what? If we just change our name, guys, what's this whole thing will blow right over. It's just like, I feel like they're just sitting around like at the fucking C-suite. They're all just looking at each other like, what do we do, guys? What if we change our name? They won't, they won't remember after like a couple weeks, right? They'll just stop paying attention. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, they, they tried to launch Libra, right? That, that coin of theirs, uh, like a year ago or two years ago, whatever it was. And it failed because it was terrible, you know, whatever anyways. And then everybody hates Facebook. So there was like it, it, all this distrust of like, I'm not going to you know, buy this token from you guys and do all this. And so now they're trying to relaunch it. And Congress immediately comes out and says, what the fuck are you guys doing? We're investigating you because of what you guys are doing right now with customer information and all these other like sketchy things that you're doing. Why would we... Think why would you think that we would approve this? And so then Facebook responded basically saying, like, this isn't Facebook, this is a different company, and this is the company's name, and we've rebranded it. And it's like this. It's like, no, 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 it's you guys. I promise we're different. No, 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 no. It's not it's not Libra, it's not Facebook. It's it's something completely different. Mark, or Mark Zuckerberg. What's the name of it? It's I gotta Meta. look this up. Met, no, no, no. Meta's the new name of the company, but they're 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 token. Oh, they're coined. It was Libra. I was gonna say yeah, well, Libra was the coin. Mark Zuckerberg looks like if you if you let AI, he's a Bond villain. If, if you let AI draw out what they thought an alien would look like, I think it would just. <laughs> he looks unwell. He looks. He definitely looks unwell. That's for sure. He's not personable. He definitely looks he unwell. Just, they keep him in a cage and, and let him code, and then don't take him out because he's just, he's not a front man. <laughs> It definitely is like he's got what's what's that monkey that like has the big eyes that just like it just his eyes seem like they're getting bigger over time and his skin is getting more transparent like he's just hiding in a basement and then occasionally comes up for a congressional hearing. Well, and he still has a haircut that like his mom cut when he was like four. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, that's in style. I'll keep that going. Granted, I mean he's worth so the new he's worth so the new money, uh, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I know he does some weird stuff. He's wearing like masks and stuff. Nobody cares what he actually looks like. Um, so his name, so the name of the new token 
or the launch that they're they're trying to rebrand it underneath is DM D I E M. So uh, that's interesting. But yeah, they're trying to rebrand the entire company, which is much crazier news. Um, Meta M E T A, and they're even going to change their ticker symbol. So they've fully immersed themselves in the metaverse and crypto. They're even crazier than we are, and they're um, they're literally rebranding one of the largest companies in the entire world. One because Congress hates them and may try to break them up, and then two because they're really, really embracing the uh, the metaverse. Yes, seems like they want to try to dominate it, and uh, we can't. We can't. Everyone let them needs to just go back and watch Wall. I think it was a documentary from the future that was handed to us in a cartoon format because our brains are that's fucking that's Facebook. Our future. brains are mashed potatoes, and we can't take complicated things. So they're like, this is a visual representation of what you morons are going to look like. I don't. I, I I think this is something where the metaverse is probably going to be cool. It's a nice trippy thing to get into. It's like a you know being part of a movie, but man, mm-hmm. there's going to be some very pale people. I mean, I thought I was pale. There's going to be some very pale people just living in the metaverse. By the way, that picture you sent me, I'd love to share this to the uh, to the listeners out there, but there's no way he's as tan as in real life as he is in that picture. <laughs> they 100% colored that. He's a, there's a little orange hue to that. Yeah, he, he he looked the other day in front of Congress. He looked ghost white, mm-hmm. very sickly, very sickly. Yeah, like he had a liver condition. He might, he might. Who knows? He's 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 adding some pigments to his skin to hopefully make him look more appealing. But yeah, he he's got the turtleneck on like Steve Jobs. He's just I don't know. I don't trust a word he's he says. That's a clown. No, he's the biggest liar in the world. It's crazy. I mean, technically, you can't really try. I mean, and. And nobody's going to get too upset about this because it was the Winklevoss twins, right? But they're they're an easy villain, but you can't ever trust a guy who founded an entire company on an idea that he stole from other people. Very true. You know, kind of, kind of out out of the gates, your uh, your uh, trust level is diminished significantly. Yeah. Well, that's why part of what people are trying to do is meta dot com cut through the fake news. We're trying to get to the truth. All the truth. We're trying to beat back Facebook. I'm stepping inside the metaverse you're right not, now. You're not following me on this? I'm stepping inside the metaverse oh. right now. I'm at meta.com. Is it a real site? They're up and running? <laughs> Apparently. Meta. Here we are. Look at this. <sighs> well. It's all like, it's all just kind of telling you what's going what on. What we do. Building why we do it. That and, yeah. Anyways. Along with how many this. times have they? Oh, there we go. What we build, and it's like every Oculus workplace portal, Navi, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook. This is what we did. That's what that should be yeah. called. This is what we did, and then Congress broke us yeah. up. So, speaking of uh, breaking them up, or I guess trying to take them down, we talked a couple of days, take them down a couple of days back about DWAC, John's favorite. You so basically, for everyone that doesn't know this, <laughs> a SPAC is basically like an investment. Someone sets up a fund that trades like a stock. It doesn't move. It sits at like $10 a share. And then they go out and take all the money from that, and they try to buy a company. So the company they acquired, or the fund, DWAC, is acquiring Truth Social, which is basically trying to kick Facebook out with a social media platform backed by Trump. So what do you think about True Social, Sean? You buying it? 
Truth Social. Am I buying? Uh, I don't know if I'm buying it. Um, I mean, obviously the trades already fizzled. If you look at it, I mean, the so the all SPACs start off at ten. Wait, why do you call them standard. SPACs? What do you mean? SPACs. Why do I call them? Why do I call them yeah. SPACs? Because it sounds cooler. There's a, there's a there's an emphasis on the A. There's an emphasis on the A. You call them SPACs? You just Spocks. yeah, you just enunciate on all those letters. SPACs. Yeah. Kind of pock the Spocks. Sounds way Spocks. cooler. <laughs> SPACs. Um, so yeah, these special purpose acquisition companies. <laughs> Anyways, these uh these guys, blank check companies. Um yeah, so they all trade, they all come out at ten bucks, you know, share, they trade around there generally, plus or minus until they buy something, and then that generally determines their fate. And this company went from, you know, whatever it was trading prior to that, ten dollars, nine ninety-six. <clears throat> and then day one it explodes to 4550 was the closing and then day 2 9420 looks like uh, but at one point it rallied all the way up to $175 a share so from $10 to $175 a share in the matter of a couple of days uh, but it looks like everything started to slowly fizzle here um Currently trading closed out today at seventy two seventy six. So over, if you bought around the top, like man, this thing's gonna be incredible, one hundred sixty five dollars a share. You were a sad man. Well, right now. I mean, I'll take the opposite side of it. Is people were freaking out when GameStop or AMC went from like two to ten, and people were like, oh, you're gonna get butchered. Mm-hmm. And it's literally almost a year now, and it's trading up in the high thirties. GameStop's been even crazier. I mean, that was literally like a ten dollars stock went in like a day to three twenty five, back back down yeah. all the way to three, and it's a hundred eighty two dollars stock. So it is possible. That is if crazy. Wall Street bets that wants to keep you alive. They'll do it. You are at the whim of the people. That's you know what I sure. think has um, happened this year? I kind of think all the companies don't matter. All the cryptos don't matter. It's just like. <laughs> Someone on a message board starts to rally a crew and they're like, all right, we're going hard into XYZ coin, AMC, Clover Health, you name it. And they're just like, everyone go in. And when you start to get nervous, bail. And then we'll all bail at the same time. But it's almost like someone figured out, hey, we can just rally as a group and do this. Maybe that's why Shiba's up so much. Like, that's 100% I think it's what like, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just the network effect, right? I mean, it's everybody deciding, like, this is what we're all getting behind. It's a, that communal network investing effect that social media and uh, just you know these expanded chat rooms, these expanded platforms have really created an area that gives the individual investor the type of power. You know, I mean, if, if you're doing your homework and you're following the right groups and you're staying behind some of these like momentum trades and trends, I mean, it gives the individual investor a similar power that an institution once only yep. had. Right. I mean, if you think about like if you're an institutional investor, massive pension fund, endowment, et cetera, you know, big, you know, professional uh, trader here, you can move markets, you can move new prices and you can really get people on board. Once you start going heavy into a, a security, just by the sheer fact that you're putting that much power and emphasis behind it, it rallies all these other people that get behind it. And then that just, it feeds on itself, right? And it explodes. 
from an institutional perspective. And that's been that way for decades. Now, because of the internet and all these platforms, it's given the individual investor, the retail trader, the ability to experience that to a degree. And, and that's what we're seeing here with GameStop, all these meme stocks, crypto, et cetera. I mean, it's a lot of, it's just the network effect of like a lot of people get behind it for whatever reason on social media and they get more people involved and they get more people involved. And then everybody's like, YOLO, let's get rich. Boom, boom, boom. I'm jumping in cash out. You know, we're, we're taking out the HELOC. We're taking out the HELOC on the house. Christmas, Christmas may be canceled. We'll see how this goes. It may be canceled or we may have a really nice yeah. Christmas. Everybody wants fuck you money. We'll They're see. all willing to just throw their hey, $50 man. and $100 at just about everything. It is. I mean, it definitely is a, uh, it's a, it's an education if nothing else, right? I mean, it's a, uh, it's an expensive education. Um, and I think it's something that should be allowed. The, the feds are continuously trying to cramp in on this and say that there's, uh, Investors are, are unduly un, uh, being led to the slaughter, but I think everybody knows what they're doing. I think at the end of the day, if as long as they know that when it's all said and done, you put your money in there, I mean, you can lose it all, which I think South Park taught us that 12 years ago. <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. One of the best. One of the best things. Yes. Yes. Time. Put in high yield money. Oh, it's, and it's, gone. It's, gone. it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What do you mean it's gone? You know, I, what do you mean it's gone? I, just I put heard. It I heard someone say that Robinhood was the first platform and maybe you can say E-Trade and SkyTrade got people in there, but Robinhood was the first platform to basically give the ability to trade like an institution to the individual. Like options are really difficult to understand. If you literally go to a major bank and try to structure an options portfolio and Robinhood's literally like sure. thumbs up, thumbs down, like where do you want to YOLO your money? <laughs> I think it's going to go yeah. up. Okay, boop. There you go. Here's your potential upside. Yeah, they gamified the process. So you. Yeah, I was going to say that's what it is. They they made it. They made it cool. They made it more entertaining. They made it, made it more engaging, which I don't think is a bad thing. You've got a lot of politicians that are saying that, like you know, there's this report that came out the other day that's bashing them, saying how they gamified the industry and they're it's predatory and they're luring people in. I'm like, I mean, whatever. It's a it's a more engaging platform, you know. But at the end of the day, it's it doesn't. People aren't that stupid to where they're just like, oh, this is a really shiny, cool button here. I'm going to just press this button and put all my money behind it. No, I'm, I'm, yes. All right. No, I'm not saying they're not dumb as a collective. But what I'm saying is that, like, you still know that you're trading $10,000 away to buy whatever company it is, right? Whether it's a shitty, ugly, purple platform like Scott Trade used to have or whether it's some, like, slick, sleek, cool, like, futuristic gamified platform like, you know, Robinhood has. I just think they, they created a better uh, mousetrap. It's the same mousetrap that everybody's always had. And they've just did it better and got more people involved. Got a lot of people off the, the sidelines, a lot of people off the bench. I think it's great. I mean, honestly, Fidelity did it before them. Scott Trade did it before them. E-Trade, a lot of people, they weren't the first. I mean, they weren't even the first offer free trades. Merrill had free trades before yep. that. Remember those um, interactive brokers with nobody. Merrill, yeah, interact, yeah, interactive brokers, Merrill Edge. There's been a, tons of people, but it's all fallen on deaf ears just because it's kind of boring. It's not very engaging. The platforms are a little bland, and it's just it is what it is. And then these guys came out and they created something that was unique, it's different, it was engaging, and they were, they were able to build a you know kind of a social aspect to it. And um, and I mean you gotta you gotta tip your hat to that at least. I don't really like. 
Vlad, and I think he's a little shaky um, at best. But I think, you know, you got to tip your hat to the platform. And I think what they've done is absolutely add some, uh, they've democratized investing. So I would say, even though they're a little, if little shady. If they but, nail the crypto wallet and the retirement accounts, they could literally absorb so much money out of this whole space. Are you posing because oh, that yeah. was a part of your deal with Southern Spalls? Well, that's, that's part of the contract. contract. Okay. I have to do this. It's in the contract. <laughs> it's in the contract. I have to no, do this. but back um, to that. I really think if they if they get the crypto wallet right and in one spot you can have all these stupid mm-hmm. shit coins that you want and all the stocks you want and then add in like, hey, I don't want to lose all this money. Here's my retirement money. You may yep. see them just skyrocket because they've they've built everything to really structure around an easy platform to understand, use, and kind of work from there. Yeah, I would definitely say that's that's really where they, they started going on a tear was they made it easy. Because, again, everything that they did or have done was already being done by five, ten different places. Um, so none of it was they were the first to do any of that. But they were just the first to make it appealing and engaging and something that, you know, people could really get behind and, and get excited about. With that, got off a little, got off on a little tangent there on, uh, on that. We started talking about DWAC. No, that is Truth. how the tangent works. You start with crazy trading and you get to where the crazy trading is going. Yeah. So sure. let's, let's Touché. do some buy, sell, hold. But on, on that note, um, I do have to, to mention this that so because we were throwing out GameStop because they are the uh, they are the the primary meme stock they're the the, the meme stock godfather yep. here so their one year number is somewhere it's sub uh, one thousand four fifty eight percent so an incredible one year number year to date number nine hundred sixty really? and then the last six months they're only up three point seven eight percent. So there was a basically what it shows is there was a six month period where they were just insane. I mean, they went from eleven dollars a share at one point they were trading for three hundred and let me see four hundred eighty three dollars is where wow. they peaked. They went from eleven dollars to four eighty three. Pretty incredible. I mean, it's crazy that right. that business has been yeah. revived because a bunch of kids thought it'd be fun to buy a ton of options and move oh, the I, market. I, I, I told you I have this immense guilt because I, I told my uh, cousin, he was like, like a year and a half ago, like all COVID started. He was like, should I buy GameStop? And I was like, well, you know, and just for everybody out there, we're not giving out financial advice. This is all. It's craft advice. It's not personal. actual. Yeah, craft. This is all craft advice. This is not financial yeah. advice. But so he, he asked me, he's like, oh, should I buy GameStop? I was like, oh, no, it's a terrible company. They're going out of business. They're blockbuster, blah, 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 right? All the 10,000 different regular reasons that you would never buy that company. And then, um, you know, six, eight months later, it starts going through the roof. And I'm like, ooh, I feel kind of bad. Sorry, well, sketchy. Man. Well, sketchy. But I will. Here we are. Buy, sell, hold. What do you got? What do I got? All right. I'm going to buy, sell. Yeah, you're going first. All right. Do you buy, sell, or hold Facebook stock? Again, this is craft advice. Post. Craft advice. Post. Name change to Meta. Which is so stupid. Do I buy it? What do you mean do I buy it? You know, Meta's slang in like the video game world for like, you know, got this loot, you know, it's good. 
At the same time, you got this guy that looks like a fucking mannequin. <laughs> what yeah. platform? I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. It. I think it's. I just think it's another poorly. T- I honestly think Facebook is significantly on the downside. The only thing that's saving them is the third world. I mean, if you look at their domestic numbers, they're not doing very well. Um, they're basically buying all their new streams of revenue here in the states. Um, I mean, Instagram. I mean, all, all the stuff that the all the uh, the cooler stuff that's happening within Facebook is not Facebook. It's them buying other companies. Um, and the only thing that's saving them is again, it's just like Sudan is now turning on to Facebook and so here's- adding all these. I mean, it's, it's like third world engagement, third world. I, I think Facebook is on the decline, and this is just another one of those poor reach attempts to do something. Here's crazy. my – so I think Facebook has nailed the marketing. Like, they have dialed into the marketing so well that they can connect all these businesses. The downside is these businesses then become reliant on it, and there's been a lot of stuff with – the whole reason big tech's getting crushed – or, I mean, the stocks are killing it, but the reason they're getting crushed in Washington is all this – you know, I make a product that I sell it on Amazon, then Amazon starts competing with me. I market on Facebook and then the pricing never gets back in my favor. So I'm going to make a long bet. I think Shopify, as they keep bleeding into the small business world, they're going to turn on some way to start marketing, which they may already have. And I think that'll be the maybe a death nail or a way to kick Facebook off. If they stayed with just their marketing, I think they would have nailed it, but I think a lot of people are starting to lose interest. Like I only sign on there to post podcast episodes. I don't read anything from anyone else. Sorry, whoever's on there. I just, it's too much noise. <laughs> yeah. It, there, there's a lot going on there. And I think that can turn a lot of people off because some people just want quick, easy ways to interact with their network. And then also maybe get some information, some news, kind of what's going on out there within their network of people, but then also within the broader uh, area that they live in, their city, state, town, country, um, et cetera. So I do believe that they're on the downtrend, but we'll see. Time will tell. We got um, all right. <clears throat> I sell hold these recent GDP numbers, this 2% figure. Um, seems like inflation's really starting to uh, bite into the uh, – the average consumer's wallet. So that was a big, big number that was a kind of a red flag there. Consumer spending was down significantly. Uh, I think there was a podcast that you and I were listening to not long ago, and one of the people on there was was quoting somebody else, but they basically were saying high prices are the cure for high prices. Mm-hmm. Right When inflation starts taking off, what's going to fix it? You know, it fixes itself because people just stop spending money on that stuff that keeps getting more expensive. And then eventually the people start reducing those prices or stabilizing those prices, right? So natural market forces, natural market mechanisms start kicking in. And then we see things start to stabilize. Um, and it seems like maybe that process started uh, this past quarter. We're not sure yet, but the uh, preliminary GDP numbers don't look rosy. Yep. 2%. So do you buy, sell, hold this as a a trend that will continue or you think it's more of a momentary, Hey, inflation bit us a little hard. We stopped buying stuff. Now we're going to reassess things. And then maybe numbers will start picking up here again, the next quarter. I'm going to hold it. I think until you get the ports in order. So yeah, yeah, that's a big one. There is a 
phenomenal person if you can find him on Twitter or if you find him on a podcast, Ryan Peterson. He's the CEO of a company yep. called Flexport. They're basically trying to digitize the port system and, you know, helping people track, you know, if I build a Peloton in Singapore and it's going on a ship around the world, you can track the whole thing. And he was saying on a tweet storm, something along the lines of they were trying to work with certain ports because they weren't stacking inventory high enough. So instead of unloading a new ship, they would just wait. They want to wait till the ship behind them gets unloaded before they bring new ones on. Based on weight, yep. you could ship them higher. So it sounds like most of these logistics kind of choke points, ports, mm -hmm. maybe somewhere that like a train station type thing that's working with freight. I think until we see a lot of that stuff get train stations, Annie Oakley, leather elbow pads. <laughs> meh, meh, meh. What do you think I got these things sewed at? Train yeah. station, Jack. A lady obviously. with no teeth down there. Look at your dollar. Shine your shoes and put your elbow pads on. Hey, can you tighten these elbow pads up? <laughs> yes, sir, I can. All right, good. Quite Come a manly here. woman's voice. But uh, anyways, I think until the log yeah, jam. If you're sewing leather elbow patches as a woman, you've got a man. Until voice. the log jams <laughs> all stop and everything starts to flow. I kind of think you're in this, like, you can't see what's going on. Once that opens back up and it's like, I don't think anyone's going to lower their prices. It's just a matter of how much volume comes back. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a, um, we're in a situation where all prices are going to be very yep. sticky. I think all prices for the most part are going to be very sticky just because there's also the, the unknown that's ahead. So people are a little uncertain and they, they're not going to be quick to like, Oh, my costs have dropped. I can pass this on to the consumer and drop all my prices. Like Nobody's going to quickly do that, right? They're going to stack. They're going to fatten their margins. They're going to prepare for winter because nobody knows what's yep. coming. And everybody's going to be like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to take a little extra now while I can. Everybody's grabbing a little bit. I'm going to grab a little bit more too. And that's what we're going to see until things start to stabilize, modulate. And who knows when that's going to be. But uh, I will say this, Florida is doing its part to open up our ports. Yep. Cali, step your game up. All right, here's mine. You know, buy, sell, yeah. or hold. So in the time we've been talking, Sheba looks like its uh, legs are broken. <laughs> up another thousand. No, it's down 20%, which oh, okay. it's, it's trending go. back down towards zero. But you can buy, sell, or hold. So that person lost a billion dollars. Think about that. So that person literally just lost a billion Well, they never dollars. had it to begin with, so... Hopefully they sold. Maybe that's why it's down because they sold. Maybe they heard our advice. They Maybe heard the craft advice. They literally just, they heard the craft advice. Are you going to buy, sell, or hold this stupid thing? What do you mean am I going to buy, sell, or hold this thing? I don't know. Well, one, I don't own it, so I'm definitely not going to buy it. Well, something that's up in one year, 138 million percent, I'm, I'm not going to be the bag yeah. man. I won't be the bag man for Sheba. I, I mean, it could definitely, it could double from here. It could triple. It could do whatever it's going to do. I just won't be part of that journey. I will enjoy it from the sidelines. I've got plenty of uh, my personal assets in crypto, and uh, and I'm going to be there with it, but just not personally in the cockpit, so to speak, with, uh, with the Sheba. Yeah. I'll enjoy it from the sidelines. But I do think the phenomena will continue. I do. I do think there's enough of a 
again, just that weird social bubble that once it starts to get going, like everybody just buys it. And it's just, it's kind of a, the blind leading the blind almost, but it's just, it, it is what it is, right? You can't stop it. It's an immovable force and it's just pushes this thing higher and higher. That's, I mean, that's what happened with Doge. Doge there's no technological advancements. There's no innovation. There's, I mean, Doge is, you know, a joke, right? It's a thing that was created. There's a social aspect to it. And the same thing with Shiba, same thing. There's nothing that's exciting about it. Yep. I don't know. Here we are. Yeah. I'll be a ride. I'll be along for the ride, but I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'll hold it. How about there you that? Go. That works. I'll hold it. All right. What you got? All right. Here we are. So, uh, next thing up I would say is, uh, the squid games. I think I brought this up to you earlier today. So Bye. squid games, <laughs> keeping, keeping the theme of, uh, of crypto and crazy, right? So we've already talked about Shiba and some of the other nonsense that's going on out there. So squid games, which uh, for everybody out there who doesn't know, uh, Squid Games, very popular. Uh, Netflix It's actually the most popular, apparently. Now it's become, it's a South Korean uh, series, kind of a, a dystopian, futuristic uh, series. I, w- I don't want to give too much of the, the show away, but it's, it, it's about, you know, a future where everybody's super poor and they're very desperate and there's a game where essentially they'll, you know, they'll woo all these people and hundreds of people in and they play a, a deadly game and the person who wins the game makes a ton of money. And so that's kind of a, a Lord of the Flies, very sick, dystopian, kind of futuristic thing. But it has become the most popular uh, series in Netflix history. And then alongside that, recently just launched its own uh, token. And so now the Squid token in the last 24 hours has amassed a $174 million market cap and is up 2,400%. So do you buy, sell, hold the squid token? We know. Is the squid token tied to the squid game? (laughs) The squid token's tied to the network of the squid. The people that are amongst the squid, the people that love the squid, are going to buy the token. So the triangle face people and the square face. I watched the whole (laughs) I thought the show was fantastic and honestly made me think, if you legalize that in the States, you may have some people with how crazy the world is that are like, I'll squid game it. Play red light, green light. This is, li- this is, li- this is literally what's going to happen in like Philadelphia. They're like, yeah, fuck it. The south side of Chicago. They're just like, eh, yeah, fuck it. Very well could happen. Red, red light, green light. Very well could happen. I'm going to sell it is such a ridiculous that thing. squid coin. I think that's the dumbest thing mm-hmm. ever, but I'm going to hard by the future of that with Netflix. It was such a unique show. It's such a one-off. I mean, it was really gory. What's crazy too is my wife was telling me like kids in her elementary school were like, Oh yeah, watch squid games. It's like, how the hell, Stop. how the hell did you they really? Oh my yeah, God. So, and maybe I'll do a hard sell on the youth that are watching squid game, but <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to hard sell the future of yeah. our country. God damn it. All right. So here's, here's one for you. So I know with this whole NFT space, which is a, a complete cluster, you know, there's, I heard something with Kevin O'Leary, they're trying to take watches and use NFTs to track who owns it, use that as a more formal way than physically having it inspected. However, I just, I think, I think that's genius. Oh yeah. Well, this question is not about that. I, I agree with you. The question is going to be about those JPEGs. 
So first off, the CryptoPunks, the most common NFT, what do you think the value of that entire market is? All the crypto um, pumps. 200, 250 million. No. Mm-hmm. Higher. Give me a uh, 500 nope. million. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm saying million. Um, 25 billion. Okay, now it's too high. It's about four and a half billion too right high. now. For, okay, okay. I okay. think it's a collection of 20 JPEGs. So is the question, do I buy, sell, hold those things? holding value in the future or what i so the total the cumulative market for nfts is 770 billion but okay i believe that i sell or hold some of these initial movers the crypto punks the board apes the cyber absolutely those are going to be the those are going to be the picassos of the future and when i say picassos i just mean those are going to be like the classics like if you look at art and, I mean, again, I'm not a big art guy, so uh, I know the hair might fool you and the uh, leather elbow pads, obviously, may uh, tip you otherwise, but I'm not a major art guy. And what I would say, though, is that I, I think these will get grouped into a futuristic category of, like, these are the classics. These were the originals. These were, like, the first NFTs, the board. Oh, you've got a board Apes? Like, like, that's like, I've got a Monet. I've got a Picasso. I've got a, you know, I've got a you know, whatever. Right. I mean, again, those are the two that I can think of on the top of my head, but you've got like some really, ex- I mean, I've got a Hunter Biden. It's like saying I've got a Hunter Biden. On my wall. I mean, that guy's art sells for hundreds. There of you thousands go. Of there you go. But no, I, I think that stuff will hold a special place in the NFT world. And the reason why I believe that is because again, NFTs are, they're, 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 trackable they're traceable they're like you can say exactly with definitive certainty this is that particular piece whoever owns it it gets sold a hundred times over doesn't matter somebody will own that piece of original nft art that you know exploded in 2021 they're going to own it 40 years from now or 30 years from now or 20 years from now and there's going to be a massive market for it i think i hold my response your question, sir. <laughs> You're not a big art guy, Jack. <laughs> I'm not. Huh. I'm, I'm more in the art community, obviously. Yeah, you're, you're quite the artiste. I'm a, I'm a very fine gentleman. you've been investing in. <laughs> <laughs> Sparks. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Spack. Um, all right. So here we are. Last question. I think this is going to have to go back to, um, again, just a topic that we've we've interwoven throughout a few episodes here, but uh, the Chinese equity markets. Uh, it seems like we're starting to hear less and less rumblings uh, from the Borg, mm-hmm. if you will, from the uh, from the mothership. Uh, do you believe we're in the very beginnings of a bottoming and a resurgence within that investment space? I think I'm. S- Steering clear from a lot of it. I think it's it, it's one of those markets where it could go on a dime from like the most valuation wise. If you would ask me, like, okay, some of these Chinese tech companies make three times the revenue of Facebook every year, and they're trading at yep. a fifth of the valuation. But it's it's one of those things where a lot of times people will say, you know, 
they use the term sovereign risk, which means is there country specific risk I need to be aware of? Yeah. I think I'm just going to wait and sit on the sidelines. I think if anyone's really interested in investing in the space, I'd try to find like a mutual fund or an ETF that's diversified and put someone to manage that section for you. Because I think picking yeah. stocks right now, there's too much risk with them delisting and going back to China with these random whack-a-moles of companies, these Jack Ma mm -hmm. disappears for 60 days and no one knows where he is. And he's, you know, the, it's like if Elon Musk he's getting waterboarded. He's getting waterboarded in Imagine Beijing. Imagine Elon Musk just disappeared. No one knows where he is. Just fucking vanished. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. There's no way. And again, I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't care if those things 10x from here. I still yeah. won't touch them. Just because at the drop of a dime, at some level, there's going to be some type of governmental dispute and they're basically going to intervene and they can send massive shockwaves. And it's just, there's so many other areas of the market where you can take on a more, I don't know, a more understandable risk with a more understandable level of out, like as far as like the, the range of outcomes, those are things that you can, you can quantify more. Versus, I mean, China, what's going on over there? It's just right now you can't, you can't with with certainty or with any kind of straight face say that you can invest in there and feel very comfortable about your position in the next six, nine, twelve. I months. agree. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of massive institutional investors that are over there that are kind of pushing that corporate line. You get the Blackstones of the world. You get, I mean, you get the the Black Rocks of the world. You get all. I mean, just all the big investors that are over there they're telling everything's fine in china alibaba's great no big deal everything's fine buy this buy this this is this is a great time to buy value in china like there it seems like i'm getting inundated with newsletters and emails and in things that are telling me how great of a buy everything is over in like the chinese equity markets as a whole but definitely chinese yep. tech and maybe some of it's right but at the same time it's like you guys all have such a vested interest to try to drum up, you know, that Stuff because they, they've obviously all, they've all fully committed. Yeah, exactly. They're all fully committed. So they're so committed <laughs> that they can't have it fail. And all they're doing now is just a marketing yeah. push. It's just like now they're just blasting really buy China, buy China, buy China. It's like, I don't oh, want China. There's not, you couldn't pay me to put that in my portfolio right now. Steering clear. Steering clear. Craft advice. Well, that wraps it up for this rambly tap room for everybody. Again, that's the point of the tap room. You just come in here and ramble. Figure out where shit goes. Find the news. A couple of buddies. Stories. Having Have some beers. beers. That's right. Anybody wants to come on a tap room and chat with us, send a message. We'll put your crazy ass on, on the podcast. <laughs> Open invite. Open invite. Go. Any final closing thoughts, Sean? You want to give everyone some Sheba? Sheba uh, Iron Condor trading strategy? Sheba, some Sheba. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I, I think uh, everybody just needs to sit tight, embrace the metaverse. The uh, the crypto explosion is, is definitely still underway. We had some rumblings in the markets this week, but uh, I wouldn't get too concerned. I think we're going to see some stabilization here over the next few days, and uh, we're going to continue to pick up a leg higher. I think November we see that 70 to 80K number. So with that, I'll leave everybody. You guys have a good week, and uh, cheers. Cheers. Adios, everybody.
We'll see you on Friday. Adios. Jack and Sean work for Senge Advisory Group, a registered investment advisory firm. All discussions between Jack and Sean or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Senge Advisory Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Senge Advisory Group may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.